0: Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Hi, and a very good afternoon to you. Wonderful to be in your company this afternoon. It's just gone ten past two on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon here in Johannesburg. It does certainly feel like spring, sort of summery weather already, um, and kind of uh, makes you feel as though Rosh Hashanah is just around the corner. But uh, before that, we need to deal with the period of time that we are in at the moment. And we are now in the midst of the period of time that is known as Bain HaMeitzarim, or the three weeks. We are right in the middle of the three weeks, which stretches from the 17th of Tammuz, which was just on a week and a half ago, right up until Tisha B'Av, which is in a week and a half coming, in a week and a half's time. And uh, coming to the middle point of this uh, period of the three weeks, we know already that we are in a period of semi-morning. That's why on these radio shows only a cappella music is played because one of the things we know that we're not allowed to do during this time is to hear music, and uh, particularly pertaining to live music, but even taped or recorded music um, is uh, problematic, and particularly music that is going to give you a bit of a lift joyous kind of music and therefore the human voice is not regarded as being uh, problematic at all but rather musical instruments Uh, that are of a certain problem and that give us that kind of lift, that kind of joy, that kind of festive feeling, uh, which we try and avoid as much as possible. And, of course, there are other things during this period of time. We don't make the bracha shehecheyanu. We try and avoid uh, doing anything that is uh, of a joyous nature, particularly uh, no weddings are allowed, etc. during the entire three-week period of time. And now, actually, in a sense of morning, we sort of up the ante, if you wish. And that is that the month of Av is about to dawn upon us. We are sitting today, coming towards the end of the month of Tammuz, and the month of Av will come into being, it will come in on Thursday evening. This coming Thursday evening, that is tomorrow night, um, approximately 5.35, uh, somewhere around there As the sun sets We are into the month of Av And we're told in the Talmud That mm-hmm. When the month of Av comes in We diminish, we decrease in our joy And as we've spoken about before there are many, many very beautiful ways that this is interpreted. And yes, of course, there is the plain, simple meaning that um, the intensity of the persecutions, of the difficulties that our forefathers went through in the times of the destruction of the Bate Mignash of the temples, really things got higher pressured When it came to the month of Av and as the month of Av came in, in the latter nine days of these 21 days, these three weeks of um, restriction and of mourning, the last nine days were more intense and therefore we become more intensely involved in mourning and it even instructs us therefore that we need to... Diminish in joy. So therefore, even though we were already on a level whereby things were diminished, we go even further now as we enter into these nine days, and they are nine days known as, by the way, the nine days. These nine days starting from Rosh Chodesh Av right up until after B'Av, um, these nine days are more intense morning. And there are several things that really we need to know about, we should think about, and we should try and practice during this period of time. And so perhaps today we'll deal with some of the laws and customs that pertain to the nine days um, as we enter into that period of time of more intense mourning. As mentioned, it includes Rosh Chodesh. Now, this to some people is a bit of a misnomer. It sort of doesn't uh, sit that well. But um, yes, it is true. Rosh Chodesh is usually a time of a little bit more of celebration. In fact, on Rosh Chodesh, we even say the Hallel prayers. We say uh, prayers of joy. Nevertheless, the real period of nine days begins with the advent of Rosh Chodesh. So, yes, it does begin on Thursday evening. And already from 5.35 on Thursday evening, one needs to remember that we are into the nine days. And therefore, all of the things that we're going to be discussing here about the period of nine days... Actually kick in They actually do start From Thursday evening At approximately 5.35 Or you'll check on your calendars Or you'll look on your cell phones And you'll see sunset And the actual time of sunset On uh, tomorrow evening Is going to be the time That these laws and customs Of the nine days begin Let's uh, deal with the ones That um, are sort of The most popularly known And that is that The more intense morning includes the fact that we now go into a period of time where there are restrictions on what we eat. And the restrictions on what we eat pertain particularly to meat and wine. Now meat is of all types of meat. It's not just uh, meat as in um, Cow's meat, as in beef and so on. It is all meat, including chicken, that we refrain from eating for the duration of this period of nine days, with the exception of the two Shabbatot, of the two Shabbases that occur in the midst of this period of nine days this year. Sometimes there is only one, but um, these two Shabbos, um that are coming up are excluded from the idea of not eating meat and not drinking wine. Now why meat and wine? What are those things symbolic of? Of course meat and wine are the mainstays of Simcha. Uh, You will know that uh, unfortunately in a Period of time where a person has just lost a loved one, we tell them to refrain from meat and wine as well for the early part of their mourning period when they are called an onen, uh, where they are stricken with grief and when the preparations are underway for the funeral and so on. Meat and wine are the real flavors of simcha, the real flavors of joy. In fact, joyous celebrations should predominantly have meat and wine served at them. Yes, um, a wedding celebration or a bris or uh, any of the uh, a real simcha celebrations should not be milkic foods. It should not be anything paruv. It should rather be meat and wine. Um, and they are the mainstays of simcha. And therefore, during this period of time, how can we be celebrating when our temple is in ruins? How can we be celebrating when uh, we are dispersed and we're in uh, we're in the diaspora? We're in a uh, A a period of time that is very, very difficult for us, as it has been since the destruction of the second temple. And therefore, we refrain from meat and wine. But when we think back to the temple, the main uh, things, the main articles of celebration in the temple services, the sacrifices that were brought there, which were um, enablers to bring us closer to the Almighty in every which way, really predominantly contained meat and wine. And therefore, how can we be eating meat and drinking wine, using and utilizing those things as though there is no problem with them, when in fact those were the two things that we kind of miss the most um, from a physical point of view when we think about um, what our temple service was truly all about. And therefore, meat and wine, we refrain from eating We refrain from drinking during the period of the nine days. As I said, with the exception of Shabbat on Shabbos, all of those rules actually fall away. But it's not just about meat and wine and we will um, expound a little bit more on some of the other things that we need to know about these, uh, about this uh, period of nine days as we um, move through the next 45 minutes or so. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Okay, so welcome back and great to be with you again and uh, going through the laws of the nine days. Remember, as we said, the nine days begin tomorrow evening in earnest and go through for the duration of the nine days all the way until after Tisha So In fact, if we think about it, this year, of course, it is actually 10 days, because the 10th day is going to be the day on which we have the fast of Tisha B'Av, deferred as it is from Shabbat, which is in a week and a half from now. And on that Shabbat, which is actually Tisha B'Av, we will be celebrating Shabbat, but then immediately thereafter going into the fast of Tisha B'Av. But we'll talk more about that next week, please, God. But let's just run through quickly. The things that we need to bear in mind For these nine days Of course we're continuing with many of these That have begun at the beginning of the three weeks So for instance one may not take a haircut. Haircuts, particularly um, for men, of course, would pertain not only to the hair but to a beard as well. Um, Women may um, do certain things that are allowed, particularly when it comes to, uh, for instance, the wearing of a shaitl or um, her uh, mikveh responsibilities and so on. Uh, but in each case, one should actually consult with your Rabbi, an optionish is not allowed during this period of time that is the first hair cutting of a child um, when he has his first haircut at age three years old. That should be deferred until after Tishavav. Of course, weddings, as we mentioned before, are not permitted to be celebrated during this period of time and as we mentioned before as well, we do not make the broche Sheikh and therefore we try and avoid eating a new fruit or wearing new garments. One also may not listen to music, as we mentioned, and this particularly pertains to uh, music that is um, for enjoyment, uplifting um, a type of music, incidental background music when you're walking in a mall and so on is uh, never going to be a problem. You may not build or uh, remodel or uh, renovate or paint your house During this period of time, um, unless, of course, you have contracted with a non-Jewish contractor and he tells you that it's going to cost him um, if he uh, cannot uh, continue. But particularly when it comes to the nine days and as it gets closer to Tisha B'Av as much as possible, we avoid all of those things. Uh, Moving into a new home should be avoided during this period of time as well. Um, And it should be deferred if possible until the month of Elul But after the 15th of Av, after the middle of the month of Av uh, That then is also deemed as not being a problem You should not plant trees, you should not plant flowers and so on During this period of time as well Um, But you could plant something that would be fruit producing Uh, For instance, farmers certainly wouldn't have to uh, delay their planting During this period of time Excuse me, I do apologize for that. Should be pressing my button there, as Craig is pointing out. I apologize. Um, One should not arrange or attend a feast or a party. For instance, um, if there is a birthday party or a farewell party and so on, we try and avoid those, particularly during the nine days. one can, um, of course, attend anything that is uh, necessary to be taking place during this period of time. For instance, if we're thinking about a bris or um, uh, something that is an unavoidable sort of a date, all of those have their allowances during this time. But, of course, without music, without dancing, without all of those things as well. The uh, prayer for Kiddush lavona uh, the blessing that is made on the new moon that we usually do on a Saturday night is not done during the period of the nine days. It is deferred until after Tisha B'Av. So at the end of the fast, it is traditional, if possible, to do Kiddush Lavona, the sanctification of the new moon, which also has got an overture of great simcha, of great joy attached to it um, as well, usually done in our big day Shabbos, in our Shabbos clothes immediately After Shabbos If possible, one should avoid having medical procedures Operations, surgery and so on During this period of time Um, um, However, if there is something Of course, that is absolutely necessary Life-threatening and so on um, One needs to, of course um, Step here with great caution And make sure that what is done um, As a necessity in a life-saving situation Needs, of course, to be done uh, No matter what Um, We should try, if possible, to engage in anything that is perilous at this time. This is not the time to um, do something that would be considered to to be dangerous. And again, we also refrain during this period of time of taking any pleasure trips, traveling, traveling for uh, the purpose of pleasure, um, just taking a trip to the country, just taking a trip to the Kruger Park, just taking a trip um, overseas uh, for pleasure It should be avoided during this period of time Travel for business um, Is a different matter where it's something That's necessary to, to to do and once Again just to reiterate that this is Not an iron horror kind of a thing It's not that well if you travel during this Period of time God forbid something bad Is going to happen or it's a Time when uh, God forbid uh, The boat is going to sink no well, That's not the thought here it's just The idea of The enjoyment that we try and avoid during during this period of time because we're in mourning um, rather than thinking of uh, the perils or uh, the uh, the, uh, the difficulties or the fact that there is an ayin hara, that something bad, God forbid, is going to happen. That certainly is not Jewish thought. That's not the way that we think about it. In addition to all of this now as the nine days come in, we also need to refrain from certain uh, personal Bathing activities So for instance during this period of time It would not be appropriate to go swimming it would also not be appropriate to take a sauna or uh, to have uh, a jacuzzi. Um, that would be avoided at this period of time for the nine days, and that would be for the duration of these nine days. There are certain exceptions. You need to consult with your own personal rabbi when it comes to um, uh, preparing for Shabbos and so on. And of course, if there are people who need to attend the mikvah, um, um, either men or women, of course, um, there are exceptions that are made to this. Are we talking about swimming or bathing for pleasure. When it comes to bathing for pleasure, it actually tells us, similar to a person who's in mourning, that we need to make sure that we do not actually take a pleasure bath or a pleasure shower. Now, what does that mean? It means, I guess, spending a uh, period of time wallowing or uh, uh, soaking in a hot bath or under a hot shower. Um, if possible, um, we should um, utilize cold, cold or colder water. We should try, if possible, not to wash the entire body at the same time, limb by limb, a little bit here and a little bit there. Or, of course, if one is in any way soiled or dirty and so on. And, of course, these restrictions do not apply to little children who get themselves particularly dirty and particularly soiled um, in all sorts of circumstances. They are certainly not um, included in this idea of uh, bathing, bathing, or showering. One is permitted to cut one's nails uh, during this time, um, but um, bathing, haircuts, and so on are not permitted. We also should not alter clothes, and we should not wear new clothing during this period of time, and one should refrain from purchasing such clothing as well, um, particularly when we're talking about clothing that um, you could avoid um, buying during this time In other words that it will still be available If of course there is a smash sale um, That is on One should consult with your rabbi To know whether it is appropriate To purchase during this time And of course then as well uh, There would be exceptions for uh, personal needs Such as um, undergarments and so on Which um, one uh, needs And we wouldn't anyway be making a bracha on them; they're not considered As really part of our clothing But buying new shirts or a new dress Or a new suit and so on um, Should be avoided uh, during this time, one should not knit or embroider a new garment, one should not make alterations to new clothing or to shoes and a tailor or a seamstress by profession should consult with their rabbi regarding what they may and they may not do during this period of time. There are also restrictions by the way during the nine days for laundry. Um, And generally speaking we avoid whatever we can when it comes to doing laundry during the nine days Whether it is your sheets and your pillow slips or whether it is your garments your clothing And um, if one has freshly laundered clothes we try and avoid putting them on as freshly laundered clothing during this time as well And there are several uh, practices which seem to be a little strange but um, in order to avoid putting on New or freshly laundered clothing During this time One of them is to try them all on Before the nine days begin So tomorrow afternoon Have a little bit of a session Where you're putting on all your shirts And all your clothing And um, of course once again This does not apply to undergarments We're talking about shirts and um Larger garments than that or outer garments, that one avoids putting on when they are freshly laundered, just come from the dry cleaners or just been nicely uh, washed and pressed. We avoid putting them on. One of the other ways that they are avoided from being freshly laundered and pristine in their state and therefore give us an element of um, joy and aplomb during this period of time, we try and Um, make sure that we don't have that, and therefore perhaps dropping them for a short while on the carpet, on the floor, (coughs) would... Uh, remove them from being um, Those beautiful pristine Crystal clear wonderful freshly Laundered garments of course none of This applies as well to kids When it comes to kids when it comes to children Who particularly soil their clothes Can't be expected that you have uh, Ten or more changes Of every garment for A child for a baby and so on And therefore laundry for them would Be uh, permissible Now, we also then, during this time, do other things that uh, would pertain to the period of mourning. And one of them is actually a reversal, in a way, of the period of mourning. And that is that we spend some time learning in the Torah... Or learning from Torah Learning from um, the Talmud And uh, later um, writings uh, The Rambam, Maimonides and so on We try and to study if possible All the laws about the building Of the Beit HaMikdash About the building of the temple Particularly appropriate for this period of time Of course we are thinking now A little bit on the more positive side This is not to remind us of mourning This is not to only remind us of sadness And per- perhaps to know Exactly what it is that we've lost Which of course is part of the program But it is really A uh, mindset of putting Ourselves to the latter focus of uh, This period of time which is To think about not only um, what we've got to do in order to mourn for the temple, but what we've got to do in order to get it back, what we've got to do in order to get it rebuilt, what we have to do in order to ensure that our behavior is correct and that our planning is correct and that we're actually interested. In the rebuilding of the Beit HaMikdash In the rebuilding of the temple So of course We need to spend some time dwelling On the matters that we are told Led to the destruction The destruction of the temple Was was a direct uh, result We are told Not only of the marauding troops Of Nebuchadnezzar Or of Titus Of the Romans or the Babylonians before them But rather it was something That was caused in a spiritual sense By our own uh, behaviors which went awry First of all the fact that we were engaged In idol worship secondly the fact that We were engaged in what is known as Sinat chinam hatred for no reason Now we may think that idol worship Is something that is out the window That we've never done or we don't have an Inclination to do but yes we do In a way many of Us um, worship the idols Of fame of fortune of Money of people of um, All sorts of stuff and Sometimes even of self and all of those, in a sense, are the, not the sacred cows, but those are the um, the idols of today, perhaps. And then, when we think about um, our sinat chinam um, of hatred for no reason, we need to ensure that we do not hate anybody. We don't do anything that is disparaging, that's negative, that's uh, abusive, um, that's unkind, that's unpleasant to anybody else. But at the same time, spending some time on focusing on the antidotes to those two misdemeanors which we are told led directly to the destruction of the temples. We need to ensure that we have a spiritual life. We need to ensure that we're learning Torah. We need to ensure that we are davening correctly, that we're connecting with the Almighty, and we need to ensure that we're spending time in acts of kindness, in acts of love for other people. And in that way, we're replacing these two terrible, harsh and difficult negatives with the positivity and at the same time learning about how we're going to rebuild the temple practically in all its glory. May it come speedily in our time and please God we should be able to see to that as soon as possible. So those are the ways to spend the next nine days. We'll be back with you right after this. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Hi, and welcome back. Okay, so we've been talking about all the things that pertain to the nine days, which begin in earnest tomorrow evening, as we mentioned. Following um, sunset tomorrow evening, we're into this period of time called the nine days. Now, there are certain things that we need to bear in mind for the upcoming Shabbat, which, by the way, is also known as Shabbat Chazak, because we come to the end of the Book Of Numbers, believe it or not, we're already up to the last book of the Torah, which we're going to begin reading, and we always do, before Tisha B'Av. So we are ending off double parsha this coming week of Matos and Masay, the uh, double parsha to end of the book of Numbers, and therefore it's known as Shabbat Chazak, 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 Venit Chazak, will be called out in shul at the end of the um, Torah reading, um, um, that we should be strong, we should be strong, we should strengthen one another, which is always called out, which is always read aloud at the time of uh, the completion of a book of the Torah, and so uh, this Shabbos is a special Shabbos in and of itself. However, there are certain things that we need to bear in mind because it falls, as it does, <coughs> in this period of time called the nine days. First and foremost, there are many people who have the habit of tasting the food for Shabbat on Friday afternoon. So you would sit down on a regular Friday afternoon. Many people do this. <coughs> You may taste a piece of chicken or some of the chicken soup or some of the meat that uh, your uh, uh, your wife has carefully prepared, prepared for Shabbos. You go and steal a little piece. We've got to remember that on this Friday afternoon you can't do that. You can certainly have some of the fish or some of the pie ribs, but anything that is fleshic, even if it's just a soup, even if it's something that has a remnant of meat within it, we've got to avoid both this week and next because they fall in the nine days. In addition to that, we um, come into Shabbat And Shabbat itself has everything the same As a regular Shabbos Yes, we're allowed to bathe on Erev uh, Shabbos We're allowed to take a shower We're allowed to uh, uh, wear freshly laundered clothes And so on So not that difficult for the first Shabbos Maybe a little bit more difficult And more anxiously awaited for the second one But we'll talk about that next week But on this one Certainly no problem here And then we go into Shabbos And on Shabbos Kiddush is said Just like it always is on We eat meat, we drink wine um, (coughs) during the period of Shabbos, and in fact, we should probably go out of our way to make sure that we're eating meat or chicken and drinking wine on Shabbos so that we're showing that we understand that Shabbos is an exception to the rule of the nine days and that nobody can learn um, from us and from our actions that meat, wine, chicken, and so on are not allowed During this period of time, they certainly are. Um, Then when Shabbat concludes, we have a little bit of a problem because as we get out of Shabbos, we're back into the nine days and then meat and wine is not allowed. And uh, therefore, we would have a problem with wine or grape juice being used for Havdalah. And here the ruling that most follow is the fact that um, Abdallah should be, if possible, said on wine and, if possible, to give it to a child under the age whereby he knows or she knows about the destruction of the temple um, um, or uh, the, the, the idea of mourning for the temple um, while you may not have a kid. Um, of that age, let's say under the age of about 10, um, around, um, to do that, to drink that wine, um, we um, are permitted to actually have it ourselves. There are some who say we should rather make the Havdalah on a beverage that we are permitted to drink, such as beer and so on. Um, but um, if there is nobody else and no a kid to have it, one is permitted uh, to do that just for the Havdalah, But uh, nothing extra, nothing afterwards. You can't just say, well, because I had the wine for Abdullah, now I can have another glass of wine uh, with my dinner on uh, Saturday night. So as soon as Shabbat is out, back into the nine days um, as uh, one ordinarily would for a period of mourning. We'll be back with you to sum up right after this. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. So let's perhaps think about the very first statement that we began with, and I told you there were many ways that it could be interpreted, and that is that it says, which means when the month of Av comes in, the Talmud tells us we need to diminish in joy. Now, I suppose in Torah, and I think in Torah, every time we read a sentence, there are several ways that it could be looked at. And several of our sages, certainly wanting to put a positive angle on that statement, say, listen, it's not just about taking our joy and making it less, but rather that we should put the comma after the word mamatim, which means that av, when the month of Av comes in, we diminish. But even that has to, be do, has to be done with joy. We've got to remember that we are told um, from uh, every, every way that we look at Judaism that um, the main mainstay of Judaism is simcha. There needs to be simcha. We need simcha in everything. Our uh, sort of uh, Let's call it our meridian Our uh, real uh, uh, Plateau of of Behavior has to be dictated And is dictated by Simcha There are times when we are a little bit more Morbisimcha, a little bit happier There are times when we dip below the line And that's sort of the thinking at this period Of time, but be that as it may There needs to be an overriding factor Of Simcha within all of this We've got to do these things with a positive attitude And the positive attitude has to be that in Instead of thinking about our um, uh, time now as doom and gloom and destruction and mourning and sadness and uh, crying and grief and so on, we need to think about the future. We need to, therefore, replace the wanton hatred with And love. We need to replace acts of unkindness with acts of kindness. We need to replace our lack of Torah learning with Torah learning. We need to replace the temple with learning about the temple and trying to fix and trying to prepare and trying to be ready. We need to think about everything in a positive attitude. Our morning alone is not the be-all and end-all of this period of time, and therefore. As we mourn for the destruction of our temple, we need to remember that it's the mourning itself that will provide us with the understanding of what it is that we've lost and how essential it is that we replace it. And therefore we hope and we pray that as we mourn now during this period of time, these three weeks, and as we go into these nine days, that please God, they will be nine days of joy. They will be turned around into be days of happiness. That Tisha B'Av, as we understand is the most propitious day for uh, the arrival of Meshiach. May it happen immediately, speedily in our time, and hopefully we will be able to see the fruits of our labors, the results of our efforts, the fact that we have had this hope And this faith and this understanding that this is not the way that it's always meant to be. We're not always meant to be in a state, God forbid, of mourning and of sadness. But rather we need to turn these things around and make them days of great joy and great happiness. Please, God, that will happen speedily in our time for us all Um, with the coming of Mashiach. May it be now immediately. Please have a wonderful rest of the week. Please, God, a great Shabbat up ahead. Uh, Remember the rules and the regulations for the nine days. And please, God, I'll be back to see you and speak to you again next week, same time, same place on Judaism 101.9.